Hi, and welcome to the Happier You podcast. I'm your host, Bonna Normando. The goal of this podcast is to deliver a little bit of sunshine to you weekly. Each episode is meant to challenge and inspire you. I'm no expert. I'm just a regular gal who's inviting you on this journey to find the happier you. Welcome back, happy people. This week, we're talking about how to reach loving acceptance and why you should feed your soul. So this whole journey for me started out at a conference where the speaker said, what's the dream in your heart? And I couldn't answer that question, but through some self-thought, I realized that I needed to learn to love myself. And that's when I embarked on this journey. The cool thing is a few weeks ago, I was in a coaching session on a course I was taking called Master Your Money Mindset. And one of the ladies in that group said something that really struck me. And what she said was, I realized I love who I am right now, not in 20 pounds from now, not after the next promotion right now. And I thought, wow, I need to get to know this amazing woman better. So I invited her on the podcast. And today I'm talking to Patricia Vanderland about how she arrived at this point in her life where she can confidently say that she loves who she is right now. So welcome, Patricia. I'm super excited that you're here with me today. Hi, Bonna. I am very, very excited to be here with you today. I'm so passionate about doing deep inner work and getting to know who you are that I'm just so happy to talk with you about it. Well, thank you, because I think one of the things we talked about is having a mentor and someone saying that you're where you're supposed to be and you're doing great. Keep going. And I I found I took pages of notes when we talked a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to prepare and get to know you a little bit better personally. Patricia's been through all the things that I'm kind of struggling with or realizing that I need more of in my life. So I'm really excited because now I've got you as a resource. (laughs) Before I start bouncing questions off you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who Patricia Vanderland is and how you got to this point in your life? So I will try to condense the story because everybody's journey is a very interesting long one, complicated in its own right. But I became a single mom when I was 20. I felt like I had a fairly typical childhood, you know, normal things going on. And then when I was in college, I got pregnant, became a single mom. And the minute I became, I knew I was pregnant and going to become a mom, I actually just turned into absolute accountability, responsibility. This child was going to be my focus. I was going to be a good mom for this child. And so, you know, I I was 20, I was partying and doing things. So I stopped all of that and was like, what can I do to make a good life for me and this child? I decided to go back to school. I went to university. So I was doing things like going to university and volunteering and raising my child all at the same time, which absolutely kept me busy every minute of the day. And then I just spent so much time with him and what he needed and how to make sure he got what he needed to grow and be a good adult or a good person um, in his own way. As he got older, I started realizing that I felt empty. So this would probably be when he was like getting into his teens. So he's not gone all the time, but he's out visiting friends. And I started going, okay, so I had work and I had my child. Now I don't have so much of my child. I've got this spare time, but not enough that it was like, okay, good. I can just go read a book for a couple hours. It was more like, oh, I have a whole day to myself. Well, what am I going to do? What do I like to do? Who am I? And, and, you know, when you hit that point, it's kind of like, you're shocked. You're almost like, how did I get to be this age? And I don't know who I am. I don't know anything about myself really. Now I had a couple of things throughout my life that had happened that were kind of, and I love calling it the aha moments where your brain kind of, I call it my brain blows up because I've, I've read something that's like an absolute truth. And at that time, the way it registers with me. 
So things that happened to me were like when I was in university was the first time I took uh, a Myers-Briggs test. And I'm not necessarily about the labels, but for me, it's all about how do you understand yourself? Mm. How do you find some way to put yourself related to everyone else? Because a lot of people feel like they don't belong, right? They feel like I'm doing things, but I don't necessarily belong. And so the outcome of the Myers-Briggs test was I realized I was an introvert. My whole family is extroverts. So I grew up in this extroverted space where we were doing extroverted things all the time. And I would have little meltdowns, not even realizing that that's what was causing it. And so when I read that as the outcome, and then I sort of read the description and how it impacted you, it was like my, my brain blew up. My brain literally blew up and went, oh, that's why I do and this and that and blah, blah. Anyway, and so things like that have always kind of fed me in terms of helping me figure out what do I like to do? And it's, it's okay to be me. I'm different than my sisters, but it's okay. I can just be who I am. And so that wasn't every day, but I would start feeling like that a little bit. So once my son was older and he started spending time away and I was like, okay, how do I find out more about me so that I can be happy? I don't want to be getting into my old age and be unhappy, not know, and just be misdirected feeling like I don't belong. I'm in a job that I don't deserve working, you know, imposter syndrome. I'd even wake up some days going, how can they give me a project that's worth this much and in charge of this many people? Like, I'm not that responsible. Like I'm in my head, I'm only 18, you know, things like that would go on. And I, and I started realizing, well, no, I must be a responsible person, right? It was like, I wasn't seeing myself the way that other people were seeing me. And so a lot of my journey has been understanding how other people see me. So actually being open to getting that feedback and talking about it where when I was younger, I would not talk, you know, I don't want to know what you think about me because I might not like it. And just really, I call it like an excavation of the soul. So going through all the different layers, some people call it an onion. I like to call it like a spiral because you're constantly moving and you come back to the same place. But when you come back, you know something different. So the way that you react is different than how you were when you were in uh, like the same situation before. So what I started doing was I started taking all kinds of courses. I did more personality tests, reached out to people, read a lot, took all kinds of spiritual. I took everything from shamanism to Reiki to new age to learning about religions. And it was all in a way to say, you know, what is it that I like? What feeds my soul? What makes me happy? And then I started doing a little bit more of that. And I started really paying attention to what doesn't make me happy. And it doesn't mean you can get rid of all of the things that don't make you happy. But over the course of my journey, what's happened is I'm able to look at it differently. So, okay, maybe I don't love doing the dishes, but you know what? I get to wake up every day and do the dishes versus I'm not waking up. Right. Absolutely. Reframing it, right? Reframing it. And so at some point this summer, like with COVID for me, it was more of really doing deep work on a couple of courses that I was taking. And I know when we were in that course and we were, the homework was, you know, look at where you were at the beginning, what you wanted to accomplish and think about where you are now. And I remember sitting that day and going, okay, what do I feel? How am I feeling? And it was such a revelation to me to go, oh, I realized I fell out of love with that person that's always looking for, okay, well, if I'm thinner, if I'm richer, if I have a better job, I live in a different house, 
if this big event or whatever happens, then I'll be a happier person because that's the real me, right? That's the Mm -hmm. me that's going to arrive. And I realized that I was in love with who I am now. I just went, wow, all of these things that I do at home, I feed my soul every day, little day-to-day things. It's not like I'm out on a cruise every day or hiking in the mountains, but the things that I do feed my soul every day. And so I realized I'm just in love with who I am. I love myself. I love where I am in my life. And almost everything that happens in my day feeds my soul in some way. That's, I have goosebumps actually. I think that's what we should all aspire to is not comparing ourselves, not looking at outside worlds, not seeing what everybody else is doing and just saying, this is my life and I am so grateful for it. And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I had taken another course on soul coaching and we had done some intention, affirmation type things. And so I have a bunch that I wrote myself that are in my bathroom on the mirror that I see every day. And one of my favorite ones is every day you have an opportunity for a new glorious adventure. Mm, I like that one. doesn't matter what you do. It can be just going to the office. It's still an adventure. The fact that you get to get up and go in your car and drive along and see other people, maybe see some wildlife. It's an adventure. And boy, after COVID, that will seriously feel like an adventure for a lot of us, right? Like, yeah. And we were talking earlier, it's not that every moment is easy. And uh, it's not that once you get to this spot that, you know, it's smooth sailing. But it's that self-awareness to go inside and go, okay, why am I reacting like this? Or why am I feeling like this? And accepting that and saying, okay, that's okay. But what triggered it? So I used to beat myself up or when I was younger, I would say, oh, well, this person did this thing to me. Did you see the way that they treated me or what they said or how they, you know, and now if I, something happens and it's a day, like a lot of people will question, how can you be into the really spiritual and like this and work in the job that you have? It's really demanding and there's just so much going on. I recognize through doing some of the testing that I've done and understanding my personality and who I am, that I thrive off that. It feeds a whole nother part of me that's not the spiritual part. It feeds the academic part. It feeds my, I like to achieve things. It feeds my wanting to just be engaged with a team. There's a whole bunch of things that are part of that, but that doesn't mean it's easy. I think of who I was when I was younger and in my upbringing and there was a lot of judgment. And so as a person, you inherit that. And so I remember being very hard on team members when I was first into project management and management and my expectations. I think I always clicked with people, but there was a lot of judgment from me. And I have learned to go, I don't know what their journey is. And you know what, just like I found out what makes me tick, what makes them tick or somebody else. So I tend to be one of those people that when a situation happens, I'm always going, okay, let's put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Right. And what is the perspective and the perception here, right? Because it's going to be different from everyone. Something you said in our phone call a couple of weeks ago, I really liked is you said, I don't beat myself up for decisions I made in the past. I was different then. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So back to thinking about like, you know, I had some, I was judgmental, what I expected from people. Even even things I've done, my son is a prime example. He's 27 now, and we've had some great conversations about how he perceived his childhood with me being a single mom, working a lot of hours. There was a lot of downturns in the economy when he was young, and so I worked harder just to make sure that I wouldn't lose my job and any of the layoffs, and how he interpreted it. And then, like, for me, I thought, well, I'm bringing home, I'm making sure we have a place to live, and to him... He was like, yeah, but you weren't always home. Like my, my friends had two parents. 
but we're able to talk through it so that I can tell him this is where I was then. Now I might not do it that way. Right. I might do it differently. But at the time, that was what I thought was the best for us and what we needed. But I don't sit there and go, oh my God, what like I made this thing and my kids all upset about it. And even with other people, the things that I've done, I've had my own share of financial um, problems early in my in my career life. And I'm, now I don't even think about them. I'm like, yeah, that's who I was then. You know, I've learned I'm I'm not the same person at all. I don't think any of us are, right? We keep changing, we keep changing, but it's it's not living in that guilt or the shame of things that you may have done because you did them. You can't change it. It happened. Right. So what can you learn from that so that going forward, you're, you're a different person? You're currently in your crazy period for work, right? Yes. And so, and just because I don't think we touched on this is you're fairly high up in an IT company, right? So yeah, in e-commerce, so we support the retail going through Black Friday and holiday season. Right. And we're doing this in October. So yeah. <laughs> you're ramping up completely. Yeah. But what I loved is, is you're like, okay, I know it's going to be crazy. And how am I going to, how am I going to get myself through this and keep my sanity and my happiness? And you just said, yeah, I've booked something every weekend until the end of the year. I think you said, right? This time of year tends to get busy socially as well. And so what would happen is work would be busy and then the weekends would be busy. And I was burnt out and my brain was fried. And I thought that's not feeding my soul in any way, shape or form. So what I started doing was when I know I have busy periods is I've looked at the weekend and I went, okay, so I need to do something that's going to force me to completely relax, uh, get out of my head and almost get into a meditative state. Mm. And so I've done things like I've booked pedicures, you know, Indian head massage, uh, facials, which with the new restrictions have had to be rescheduled. Right, of course. <laughs> uh, pedicures, massages, but every weekend. And what I tried to do is book them in the middle of the day so that I won't book something major during the day as well. Like I won't go, oh yeah, I should go visit my mom or I should go, like I'm booking this time so that I'll be forced to have it. And then I'll come home and I'll have a nap or something. The other thing that you said when we were chatting that I really loved is figure <laughs> out how to feed your soul. I was a big Oprah follower and my best friend and I had always said we'd go see Oprah in Chicago and we never did before she stopped. But then she went around and she talked. So she was in Montreal. She was in Ottawa. Before they had sold the tickets in Ottawa, we decided we weren't waiting and we scored a couple of tickets to Montreal and made an overnight and a day of it. One of the phrases that Oprah talks about that we always remember and we remind each other is, you know, you get the little whisper. If you don't listen to the whisper, it becomes like a you know, a little knock and little stone and it just gets worse until you get like the smack up the side of the head and you can't avoid it. And it's really learning to listen to that little whisper, that little whisper that's happening before it really escalates. It's tuning into that. Now you and I've talked a lot about meditation. For me, I think meditation and breath work are two of the most important ways to sort of help connect to your soul because it stills you. And it took me years to get really good at meditation, but I knew because I would have these glimmers of hitting that sweet spot in meditation, right. how awesome it was. So I didn't give up, but at, and at some point I got to, oh my God, now I can get there at like any point of the day. If I sit still, calm myself, I can get into that sweet spot and get to where I want to be to still myself and still my mind um, and listen for what my voice is telling me. Okay, so we there's no way we're going to get to everything. But one of the things I wanted to talk about is you've gone through this journey and then you realize that it would have been 
not necessarily easier, but more comforting or, well, I guess we can use the term easier, right? Yeah. If you had a mentor to say, you're doing it right, just keep going, stay on your path. And so I love that you've now turned around and you're offering that to other people. Yes. There's two things I do. One, I mentor in the, in my work world. So what I've learned, and it's not more, it's way more than just work and what you're doing and how to do it. It's, you know, navigating a work environment, working with, you know, it's, it's for women, typically um, navigating men in the workplace, just all the changing things. And it's really getting people to think out beyond what they're focused on. So there's a lot of sort of spiritual things come into there that I consider part of the journey. But apart from that, in my private life, I do this, I took a soul coaching course. And I tend to uh, a lot of the stuff I do on the side is around coaching and mentoring people where it's a lot of it is just conversation with people, right? Like someone will say, Hey, I have this friend, you spent some time with me, do you mind chatting with them? They're at this place, they have all these questions, they don't even know who to go to. And when I started on my journey, when with some of the stuff I was taking, I would have days where I'm like, I would feel like an imposter in the spiritual world. Like, am I really spiritual? Do I really understand this stuff? Is that where I want to be? And then I would feel an imposter in my work world. And so you'd have these days where you were like, oh my God, my brain's going to implode, not explode in a good way, but implode. <laughs> I really right. don't know who I am. And am I doing things right? And I think just having someone to say to me, you're exactly where you're supposed to be every day. And so that when, when I'd have journaled every day that I would journal, I would write, you are exactly where you were supposed to be. Mm. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. And so I became sort of my own coach, but I, I do spend time with other people just of my own free time, having conversations and saying where you are is the right place for you. Who you are is right for you. Don't be like anybody else wants you to be, just be yourself, figure out what yourself is and be yourself. I love it. That's the best gift that you can bring to yourself in the world. It's so true. And I want to build this community based on that, based on the more we can love and accept ourselves and realize this is my journey. But like you had said earlier, there it's an individual journey, but let's do it together in the sense that, you know, let's bring more people along and say, it's okay to be you. I'm okay to be me. And, you know, when there's less judgment in the world and less comparing, I think we're all going to be happier and more accepting. Yeah. And so when you can hold space for someone where you're listening and you're giving non-judgmental, very much stating that it's, you know, like I'll tell people, this is my perception of the things that you're asking me from my own experience. Understand that there are other people that will have other things. So I typically then get people excited and they're like, oh, you know, who else could I go talk to to ask and get a different perspective, right? Right. Um, And I think that when you understand that, and that you can be in that space and you can hold that space for other people. It's from the person holding the space, it's immense gratitude that they chose you to have the conversation and work with you, right? Like I've never been one where I feel like I'm in power or I'm better than anyone else. For me, it's I'm facilitating holding a space to help people become who they need to be, just like other people have done for me. It's, it's all, we're all equals. We're just in a different place in our journey. We're all trying to figure out what our journey is. That's awesome. Well, I love that you do that. So maybe you should tell us, you know, if people are intrigued by this, how they can find you. I know this is a side thing for you. Can you just share if people wanted to reach out? Yes, there's two ways you can reach me. I have uh, an email address that's specific for that sort of for the spiritual coaching work. And it's patriciabluesage at gmail.com. And I have a Facebook page that's Blue Sage Energy Arts. Blue Sage Energy Arts. Cool. 
Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So I asked Patricia to come up with this homework. Week homework challenge, and then she has an awesome quote to share with you. So my challenge was, and I said to Bonnie, I actually say this to a lot of people, but find the things that make your soul sing. It can be little things. So does petting a dog make your soul sing? Reading a book, going for a walk in the woods, walking barefoot on the sand, whatever it is, figure it out and do some of that every damn day. <laughs> I love the it. The more you do that, the more you're going to hear your soul sing and you're going to feel what that feels like and you're just going to want more of that. It gets a little addictive. Yeah. It gets a, it's a little addictive. Awesome. Yeah. So I think just to sum up what we've talked about today is it is an individual journey and what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for another. Embracing okay. and loving ourselves through it and just going for it and finding how your soul sings, getting to know yourself better, I think gets you to a happier place. It does. And I think it's over time. Like, I can't tell you that I woke up one day and realized it because it was a homework assignment that made me think and go, oh, so I don't know when it actually happened. It just kind of happened. And so I realized, oh, that's an amazing place that I'm in right now. Okay. Patricia, can you share your quote with us, please? I sure can, Mona. Each and every one of us has big magic hidden deep inside that is just waiting to be acknowledged and released. Our mission is to uncover it, connect with it, and make that magic our reality. Do you know who that's by? Me. Oh, I love it. All right, Patricia, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fun. And I see this happening again in our future because I love talking to you. I love your energy. And I love the fact that, yeah, you're ahead of me in this journey. So I'm excited to get to the place where I have your energy and happiness around you. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing yourself with us. It's been so great. All right, happy people. That's it for this week. Have a great week and go get your happy on. <laughs> and we never even brought up your yet sign. <laughs> oh, oh, so that funny. was awesome. Hey, this is just a quick reminder. If you know anyone that they could use more happiness in their life, please share the podcast with them. The whole point of doing this is to create more happiness in the world. And the more people we empower to find their personal happiness, the more happiness we have to spread around. So please take a minute and share the episode.